Jesus did more in the Galilee than anywhere else. It's also the place where he fed the thousands, the 5,000 and the 4,000 miracles that happened along the Sea of Galilee. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Hi, this is Jim Scudder. Welcome back to In Grace. And today we are continuing in our Story of Jesus series, looking at the life of Christ. And what's really wonderful is we get to study his post-resurrection appearances. And that's what we're doing today. Again, we're going to talk about his invitation to dine. Now, we'll be dealing with that more tomorrow because uh, after the resurrection, Jesus makes an appearance, another appearance, this time way up in the Sea of Galilee area. What we're going to do today is talk about the Sea of Galilee a little bit. And in John 21, I'll start preaching about the disciples uh, would be at the Sea of Tiberias. And why Sea of Tiberias? Sometimes it's called Gennesaret or Gennesaret. The Sea of Galilee has lots of different names. So when you come across those names, now you'll know exactly uh, what that is. But Jesus makes an appearance there and, and also restores Peter on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. I love the Sea of Galilee. And today we're going to bring you a clip from one of our In Grace Adventure episodes uh, that we did about the Sea of Galilee. And then you get to learn a little bit more about one place in particular that I love, and that's a museum that holds what's called the Jesus Boat. And we interviewed the one that restored that, the archaeologist, uh, the restoration expert, Orna Cohen. And so you're going to enjoy that today as part of our In Grace sermon, His Invitation to Dine. Right before we get into all that, I mentioned our In Grace videos, our adventure videos. We have a lot of those we'd love for you to see. They're all for free on our YouTube channel. You can search for In Grace on YouTube, subscribe to our channel. You can uh, get alerts if you hit the bell. And then also you can like the videos if you like them, and that helps more people see them. We're also on TBN every Wednesday night. So tonight you can see one, a brand new one that we're gonna be doing on a woman that survived an abortion. So we have lots of different things that we talk about on In Grace. And if you go to our YouTube channel or watch us on TBN, I think you'll appreciate the, the quality that our uh, video department does with the In Grace Adventures. So check that out when you have a chance. And then also when you're on our website, go check out our trips. We have a trip to Alaska and a trip to Israel coming up. And that's ingraceradio.com. His Invitation to Dine. That's the title of my message today as we're nearing the end of a very exciting series as we've been studying the incredible story of Jesus, the true story of the life of God in the flesh. And if we ever wanted to know how should we live, well, what we should do is just study Jesus because he's exactly how we should live. As a matter of fact, we're told to be like Christ. But it's really impossible to do that on our own. But fortunately, we have God in the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, indwelling every believer. So therefore, we can be like Christ if we yield to the Spirit every day and every moment. But we're coming to this really interesting post-resurrection story 
where Jesus makes an appearance in a new area, a new region, where he originally was making his appearances where, near where he rose again in Jerusalem. But now we're going to see him in a different location, miles away from where he had made his appearances earlier. And we're going to read about an invitation from Jesus to dine. I don't know about you, but I'm excited anytime someone invites me to dinner. Amen. Isn't that a wonderful experience? When you're invited to a meal, you're invited to someone's house, you're invited to a restaurant, and you get to enjoy not just the food. Of course, the food's wonderful, but it's so much more than the food, right? When we can gather together and, and enjoy each other and talk and, and learn things about people and laugh. And we're going to see this happening in a very unique place for a very unique reason. Before we get to that part of the story, though, let's start in John chapter 21, and we'll start at the very beginning of that chapter. This is a story that is only in John, as we're going through all the Gospels chronologically, and again, we're near the end. We only have a few more messages about the story of Jesus. But of course, by the way, his story doesn't end when the Gospels end. His story continues, continues through you. John 21, 1, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. Where in the world is the Sea of Tiberias? Well, I'm glad you've asked. It says, on this wise showed he himself. So what we're about to read is the details of Jesus showing himself at the Sea of Tiberias. Now, you probably already know this, but the Sea of Tiberias is the Sea of Galilee. It's the Sea of Galilee, which is in the northeast part of Israel. And it's a fascinating, fascinating place. It's one of the first places you're going to visit when you tour Israel on our In Grace tours because we, we land in Tel Aviv, we get off the airplane, everyone's excited, um, we gather our luggage, we're praying that all of our luggage is there, and almost always it is, and we tell people, though, pack some things in your carry-on, just in case. Uh, so then uh, we get on these beautiful buses and they drive us all the way up north into the Galilee region and we end up at a hotel on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And then when you get to your room, you open your window and you get greeted by the fresh air coming off this incredible lake. It's incredible because of just the, the beauty around it, but it's more incredible when you start to read about it so many times, especially in the gospel. So we're going to be going back to the Sea of Galilee. We've been down in Jerusalem in our study for a long time now, but now we're ending our, our study of Jesus where we basically started our study of Jesus in the Galilee. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr., how old is the earth? Did Noah's flood really happen? 
If you're wrestling with the answers to these questions, look no further than InGrace's exciting video series, A Walk Through Creation, where Jim Scudder walks through the amazing Creation Museum in Northern Kentucky with answers in Genesis founder Ken Ham. Together, they discuss how modern science actually backs up truths found in Scripture. This incredible series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to InGrace. And when your gift is $35 or more, you will also receive two more video series, a tour of Noah's Ark with Bodie Hodge and dinosaurs that destroy evolution. Don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity to gain a deeper understanding of the young earth creation perspective. To get this limited time offer, call now 800-78-GRACE or order on our secure website ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. We are releasing a brand new In Grace series. It's called Discover Hidden Israel 3. And we take you on a journey to the four seas of Israel. And we filmed the first one on the Mediterranean. So we went from the north um, near the Lebanon border at the sea caves called Rosh Hanakrah. And we went down along that Mediterranean Sea as far as we would go. We're not going to go into Gaza, but we, we ended up at Ashkelon, which is a Philistine city, and we take you to some of the different sites there in the Mediterranean, and we actually, we went snorkeling in the Mediterranean, hoping to find some, you know, some shipwreck full of gold. That would be the way to finance in grace, wouldn't it? But we didn't. Well, spoiler alert, maybe we did, maybe we didn't. You'll have to watch. And then we did, we did dive at Caesarea, which is that incredible harbor that Herod the Great built, and there's where the Apostle Paul would have come and gone on his journeys. That's where he would have left for the final journey to Rome, and uh, so much other history. That's where the gospel was brought uh, by Peter to Cornelius. The gospel went to the Gentiles there in Caesarea. So that was an exciting episode, but the next one is the Sea of Galilee. And you're going to be able to hear a clip of that. Our next stop on our tour of the Sea of Galilee is Gennesar, or Gennesaret. And here we have Jesus coming, as it says in Matthew 14, 34. And when they were gone over, which means they came from another place on the Sea of Galilee, and they came to this place, Jesus on a old fishing boat, wooden fishing boat. They came into the land of Gennesaret. That's where we are. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all the country roundabout and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Isn't that amazing? The power of Jesus, all they had to do was touch the hem of his garment. And it all happened right here in this place. Another really cool thing that happened in this place was in my lifetime. In 1986, this lake was dry. There was a four-year drought and it was way out there. You could just see mud. And there were two young men that were walking out that were part of this kibbutz in Afghanistan, and they came across some wood sticking out of the mud and they were curious about it. And so they started to look at that and, and dig it out a little bit. And they discovered that this is a wooden boat. 
After they found this boat sticking up out of the mud, archaeologists were called in, and they were amazed as they thought they may have found a 2,000-year-old wooden boat used around the time of Jesus. Could they possibly dig this out? Could they possibly preserve it? It would be one of the most difficult things they had ever tried. A woman was selected to try to save this old boat. Her name is Orna Cohen, and she is an expert antiquities conservator. While digging at Shiloh for a different In Grace series, we had a chance to sit down with her and ask about what it was like to restore such a delicate and important artifact. If it was just in the fresh water, it wouldn't survive after a few years, but this one was buried immediately by silt coming from a river next to, uh, to it. So it uh, closed it in anaerobic condition with no oxygen. Very little bacterial activity and a nice jacket to hold it. So that's what preserved it. But it's preserved, but now it's gonna take almost a miracle to get it out. And it, you know, it's very soft. Yeah, and it's then, like a sponge. And then to move it and then to, to preserve it, but you were able to figure it out. And I don't think anything like that had ever been done. Sure, sure. We had to, first of all, to stabilize the side of the boat that they won't uh, collapse in or out from boat with fiberglass frames that we made in the field. Then we packed it in a closed uh, polyurethane foam jacket. And then that's the way we float it on the lake and moved it to the conservation site. So the boat after 2,000 years floated again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it feeling like when you saw that floating and coming? Everyone, they're so emotional and yeah. excited. It against all the old. First that we found it, second that we've been able to excavate it completely. We're convinced it's going to fall apart and bringing it into a conservation pool. In uh, one month, it was already soaked in water in conservation pool, and we could start the conservation uh, treatment. So we were very lucky. And the fact that after uh, 20 years of soaking, uh, it was ready to show dry in an exhibition for the year 2000. We were so lucky. And I was I was young coming to Israel as a teenager, and I remember this uh, too brothers walking along, the sea was very low because of the drought, and they saw it, right? Luckily, they were uh, amateur archaeologists. Huh. But you know what's the funny story? Once they saw it's an ancient boat, there was a double rainbow over ah. the lake. And I say, come on, guys, your <laughs> sign. You are joking. <laughs> and that's the way. After it's been already soaked in the conservation pool, one day I came very early in the morning. It was still dark, coming from Tzfad down the mountain to the lake. And I see dark night. I see a rainbow over the lake. I say, impossible. I stuffed the car, went out in a pouring rain, and there is a rainbow over the lake. Turns out that in a full moon nights, when you've got rain, you can see rainbows. I wasn't even aware about that. Since then, I'm not joking about rainbows. No. <laughs> my side. <laughs> yes. Seeing a rainbow in the night, that's amazing. And for, and for Christians, there's a really neat connection because there's so many stories about Jesus and the boat and the water and the fish and, you know, walking on the water. All, all the boat is connected. So now there's a boat from his time and we can also see, you know, the construction, the shape and 
It's yeah, just marvelous. It's definitely from that time. We don't say it's a Jesus boat. It's from the time of Jesus. That's definitely. But you never know. You never know. <laughs> well, he didn't own it, but it no. might be. So it is sailed on it. It might be. I'm not saying that, but mm -hmm. definitely he didn't own a boat or anything. So, yeah. Well, it's an it's an honor honor, honor to speak with you. Thank you My for pleasure. taking the break. And because of Orna and others. You can now visit this amazing 2,000-year-old wooden boat from the time of Jesus. It's at the Yigal Elan Center at Kibbutz Nafganasar, near where Jesus lived, walked, healed, and loved. Isn't that fascinating to be able to be there in a room with a boat that would have been floating and used around the time of Jesus? I really wanted her to say it was the boat Jesus was in, you could tell she just didn't want to go there, you know. But uh, somebody also told me she never gives interviews. So I think I hit it perfect. You see how sweaty I was? We were both working and we were like really hot. We just wanted a break. So I said, Orna, would you like to sit down with me and take a break and interview? She said, sure. <laughs> and then remember, she's the one that I said, you know, I've been a uh, archaeologist for a day so far. Uh, how am I doing? And she goes, you could use some work. I was like, wow. So we had some fun, but that's really cool. And she's also the conservator for the Shiloh dig. So anytime they find like a big uh, vase that's all broken, she gets all the pieces and she puts it all back together. It's incredible uh, what she does. And to have her on in grace was really, really neat. But that boat, I think, really connects us back in time because Jesus spent so much time on and around that lake, that beautiful lake. So here is a Google Earth shot of the lake. Again, if you're listening on the radio or you're listening online and you can't see this, I'll try to be as descriptive as possible. But for those of you that are actually here in our auditorium, uh, you have the advantage of being able to see this. So this is the, the Sea of Galilee, but we also have other names like you just read in John, it's the Sea of Tiberias. So why would we call it the Sea of Tiberias? It's because there's a town named Tiberias, after Tiberius Caesar, that is on the western shore of the Sea of Tiberias. Uh, and it, other, it has other names as well. Um, it has the name of uh, Kinneret. That's actually what they call it today. Kinneret is, in ancient Hebrew, a word for harp. And if you see the shape of the lake, it actually has a harp shape on the lake. So Kinneret, Tiberias, the Sea of Galilee. Why is it called the Sea of Galilee? Because this whole area is called the Galilee region. So it's the Sea of Galilee. And it's also known as, sometimes in the Bible, as Gennesaret. Gennesaret was a region, and that's actually where the Jesus boat is. That's where I was doing that segment as at um, Genesar. Genesar is the kibbutz, kibbutz nof Genesar, and uh, that's the plain of Gennesaret. So sometimes it's called the Sea of Gennesaret, uh, Lake Kinneret, uh, the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Tiberias. So now you know, right, all about the Sea of what? Galilee, Tiberias, you know, okay. Whatever you want to call it. But just in case you come across that in your Bible, you, now you'll know it just has different names. But uh, 
It is in the Rift Valley, which also means it's low. Remember, the Dead Sea is part of the Rift Valley, the Syrian Rift Valley. It goes from uh, Syria all the way down to Africa, and it's a big fault line, okay? And uh, the, the Sea of Galilee is right there in the middle of it. It's about 140 feet deep at the deepest point. It is the second lowest lake in the world. The lowest lake in the world is the Dead Sea. This is the lowest freshwater lake in the world, and it's about 700 feet below sea level. Remember, the mountains rise up maybe about 1,500 feet above sea level surrounding it, so you have this big bull effect, and that's why they call this lake. That's only about 13 miles long and about eight miles wide. That's why they call it a sea is because of how that wind comes down in there and really uh, whips it into a froth. And by the way, when you watch the episode Discover Hidden Israel 3, The Sea of Galilee, which is part two, we have some video of the waves crashing up on the shore and it's tremendous how rough that lake gets. But uh, it is a beautiful lake. It is a lake that so many things happen in the Bible. It's also a lake that is predicted in the Old Testament that it will be a place where, where there's light. Okay, look at Isaiah 9. It's talking about the Galilee. And it says the people in verse 2 that walk in darkness have seen a great light. Jesus did more in the Galilee than anywhere else. He taught. The Sermon on the Mount was right there. Everyone could see the, the Sea of Galilee. What an auditorium. What a theater to stand in. Uh, it's a natural hill. The people would have been up on the hill. He would have been standing there teaching. It's also the place where he fed the thousands, the 5,000 and the 4,000 miracles. That happened along the Sea of Galilee. He also... Remember, they were asking about paying the tax, and he said, go catch a fish, and the fish had a coin. That fish is in the Sea of Galilee. Every time I catch a fish there, I check its mouth, just to make sure. Actually, I've never caught a fish in the Sea of Galilee, and that's, that's bad, because I'm a fisherman, right? I need to do more fishing in the Sea of Galilee. I remember one year, my brother-in-law, Pastor Neil Darian, said his lifelong dream was to go out with the ancient fishermen, because they still, even to this day, there's some old guys that go out at night with nets. And they have motors, but it's still these old wooden boats. And he always, he'd always dreamed of doing that. So, um, you know, we're all dead tired because of jet lag and everything else. I'm like, where's Neil? Oh, he's out in a boat. And he was out there all night. What a story. And we're going to stop it right there. You want to listen tomorrow to realize the significance of Jesus making this post-resurrection appearance in the Galilee. And it's a very important reason that he did this. And so we're going to talk about that tomorrow on part two of his invitation to dine. And I was a little jealous that my brother-in-law, Neil, did go out all night on that boat. 
Uh, I also enjoyed the sleep that I got, uh, and he got to tell me the story. So if you want to go to Israel with us, uh, I'm not going to put you on a boat all night, uh, but uh, you'll be able to see the Sea of Galilee from a beautiful hotel and actually take a boat ride and all that. To find out more information about our tour opportunities, our Alaska cruise, our Israel trip, go to ingraceradio.com, click on travel, or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE. And while you're on our website, check out our creation video. It's a walk through the creation museum with Ken Ham. That's our way of thanking you for your gift of any amount to Ingrace this month. If your gift is $35 or more, we'll send you a tour of the full-size ark in Northern Kentucky with Ken's son-in-law, Bodie Hodge. You'll really enjoy that four-part series. And I'll also send you a video called Dinosaurs That Destroy Evolution, where we go on a dinosaur dig in Colorado and we find dinosaurs and a forest fire and all sorts of other incredible things things and the dinosaurs disprove evolution. So if you'd like to get any of that, contact us today. Don't forget to get the video series, A Walk Through Creation with Ken Ham, for your gift of any amount. When your gift is $35 or more, you will also receive two more video series, a tour of Noah's Ark and dinosaurs that destroy evolution. Don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity. Call now. 800-78-GRACE. Go to our secure website, ingraceradio.com, or write to us at Ingrace P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.